Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity's true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Jezebel was the most wicked woman in the Bible, a powerful seductress who killed the prophets, led Israel into idolatry and immorality, and emasculated men. She was seductive and determined to snuff out the voices coming against her because those voices were calling out for repentance. Now, in 21st century America right now, Jezebel is obviously not a person, but it's as if the spirit of Jezebel is alive again today because the influence of the demonic force is being felt in America. You want correct rather than politically correct? You've come to the right place because we're going to talk about that today. In fact, my friend, Dr. Michael Brown has written a brand new book. Here's the title, Jezebel's War with America, the plot to destroy our country and what we can do to turn the tide. And those of you who have listened to this program have heard uh, Dr. Brown on this program several times. He's a personal friend. He's been uh, here in Charlotte for many years. Uh, he and I live in the same general area, and he is a warrior for Christ. He writes about a column every three hours, I think. If you go to stream.org, stream.org, you'll see column after column, and they're great columns, by the way, on stream.org by Dr. Brown. He's also a columnist on Charisma, townhall.com, many other places. He's written several books. Can You Be Gay and Christian is one of them. He's written an entire series of books on responding to Jewish objections to Jesus being the Messiah. But today we're talking about the brand new book, Jezebel's War with America. He's coming today. Uh, he's out there on the road somewhere uh, on the line right now. Mike, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much. Good to be with you. Oh, absolutely great to be with you. And by the way, Mike has a radio program every day. Ask AskDrBrown.org, AskDrBrown.org. So he's doing radio continually uh, just just every day, five days a week. So you'll hear him there. You'll sometimes hear him here on the American Family Radio Network. Now, Mike, this brand new book about uh, Jezebel's War with America. First of all, let's start with why you wrote the book. Why, why Jezebel's War at War with America? You know, I'm, I'm not one to focus on the demonic. I'm not one to focus on Satan. I fully understand that there's a devil and that we're in spiritual warfare. But that's not my focus. My focus is on God and his truth. But a light went on last year. There was a pastor who was praying and saying that, that witchcraft was coming against the president. Jezebel was coming against the president. I thought, OK, I, I understand what he's saying, the spiritual point he's making. But suddenly the light went on when I began to look at Jezebel in the Bible. So you mentioned a lot of her characteristics in the Old Testament. And she seems to be demonically empowered because she intimidates the prophets. In fact, at one point, she even has Elijah, the mighty Elijah, running for his life. So I began to think about her. And then a thousand years later, in the New Testament, Jesus references a woman called Jezebel. And, and, he, and she's a false prophetess. She also leads people into immorality and idolatry. And the light went on. I began to connect the dots. And I thought, okay, you have the rise of idolatry in America, the turning away from the one true God. 
You had the seduction through porn on a level we've never ever seen through internet, even, even little kids, eight-year-old kids getting exposed to it. You have the rise of radical feminism. We're not talking about something healthy that wants to esteem women rightly and make sure a woman doing good work gets paid the same as a man and that women are protected from rape and things. No, a, a radical, militant, man-hating feminism. You have with that the emasculating of men in the culture where just in popular media, the father, the dad has become a, a jerk and a fool. You have the silencing of prophetic voices where, where the church is just afraid to speak and confront evil. You have the rise of witchcraft, reportedly more witches today in America than Presbyterians. And then you have the militant abortion spirit. Remember in the ancient world when you had idolatry, you had sacrifice to idols. That was a common thing, sacrificing babies to idols. Now we have the militant shout your abortion spirit, the war on gender, turning men into women and women into men, all, all related. Everything just connected. And I thought, well, wait a second. The same demonic powers, forces that worked through Jezebel 3,000 years ago in a wholesale way are attacking America. These are not just different isolated things. Th these are all related issues. And, and if we're going to see victory become, we've got to recognize we're in a spiritual war. You know, it's important, I think, here to make the point, and we're talking to Dr. Michael Brown, his new book, Jezebel's War with America. Mike, it's important here to make the point that you're not saying that America is in the Bible. I know you're not saying that, but you are saying that spiritual warfare, the kind that happened in Israel 3,000 years ago, is happening in America now. And maybe what we ought to do is just unpack what we mean by spiritual warfare, because that, I think, is kind of a, uh, a mysterious idea to some people. What is spiritual warfare? All right, so Paul writes in Ephesians 6.12 that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers in heavenly places. Uh, James 4 says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. 1 Peter 5 says that, that we must stand firm, we must be sober and vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, goes about seeking to devour people. So on the one hand, I'm responsible for my actions always. I can never say the devil made me do it. But then we do recognize that the devil is there. He seduces, he tempts, he intimidates, he harasses. And, and many believers, you might be going through a season where it seems literally like all hell is breaking loose against you. You go through constant oppression. You're bombarded with temptation in ways that seem outside of yourself. You, you get hit with thoughts of evil that you, you can't even conceive of. And we have to recognize it's not just human beings we're dealing with. It's not just earthly things we're dealing with. There is a spiritual realm just as the Holy Spirit works in the spiritual realm, Satan works in the spiritual realm. And again, our focus is on God. We pray to God, we think about God, we look to God, we exalt Jesus. That's our focus. But we understand there are demonic entities. And, and, and some of us, before we were saved, gave ourselves over to these more, opened ourselves up more, you know, through incantations and, and, and other things, or, or opening ourselves up in, in an Eastern meditation, just blanking out our mind and opening ourselves up to evil. So this, this stuff is real. And we can go to one of two extremes. The one extreme is you find the demon under every rock. You know, mm. you spend your whole day, Satan, I rebuke you, Satan, I rebuke you. The yeah. other extreme is that you don't even recognize Satan exists and demonic right. powers exist. And, and, and we, we tend to go from one extreme to the other. This is just a call to say, let's be sober. 
let's write, you know, we're not, again, we're not talking about going home and, and casting demons out of your walls and casting demons out of your children. But let's recognize there's a fierce demonic battle. And right now, America is under, every nation's under attack, but we're under a unique type of attack that we would say, this is just like Jezebel, the same powers that work through her working today. Well, you document this so well in the book, Jezebel's War with America. I mean, there's a chapter on idolatry. There's a chapter on sexual seduction. There's a chapter on the spirit of baby killing. Friends, you hear that? The spirit of baby killing. There's a chapter on radical feminism, a chapter on the war on gender, the rise of witchcraft, the silencing of prophets. You even have a chapter in here on Jezebel, Jehu, and Donald Trump. Maybe we'll get to that later if we yeah, can. Uh -huh. but, but I mean... When I'm reading through this, I, I read through this book yesterday and today, Mike, and it's it's almost uh, numbing to go through some of the facts that you put in here about what's happening to America. And maybe we can get into them after the break, because when I, I'm reading this stuff, I'm, I'm almost going, gee, it's hopeless. There's just so much wrong with what's going on in our nation today. And I know God doesn't want us to be hopeless because there is hope through him. But we're going to unpack some of what Dr. Brown has put in this brand new book, a book everyone needs to read called Jezebel's War with America, the plot to destroy our nation and what we can do about it. So don't go away if you're just tuning in. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with Frank Turek, my my guest today is Dr. Michael Brown. His website, AskDrBrown.org, his brand new book, Jezebel's War with America. It's sobering, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to want to miss the rest of this program. Don't go anywhere because we're back in just two minutes with Dr. Michael Brown. Thank you for listening to the Cross-Examined Podcast. This material is made available to you for free by the contributions of listeners like you. If you wish to support future podcasts, just go to crossexamine.org and click on the Donate button, or simply use the Donate feature directly on our app. Thanks. Welcome back to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with Frank Turek on the American Family Radio Network. By the way, if you're listening to this as a podcast on the Cross-Examined Podcast app, or the, not the app, but the Cross-Examined uh, Podcast on iTunes, you need to migrate over to the I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist podcast because we're no longer going to be updating the Cross-Examined one. We need to combine our forces. We actually have this podcast on iTunes in two different places, and it, it, it prevents us from getting this to more people because the further the podcast moves up the ranking, more people see it, more people listen. So if you would migrate on over to the I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist podcast, that will be very helpful because, as I say, after September 1st, you won't get this on the Cross-Examined podcast. Podcast, you'll only get it at I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And thank you for putting those positive reviews up there. That helps as well. My guest today is Dr. Michael Brown. His brand new book, Jezebel's War with America, is must reading. And by the way, it's easy reading, but disturbing reading um, in the sense that there is so much going on under the covers, no pun intended, that um, you might not be aware of. Uh, Mike, I was reading in the book um, just uh, yesterday. And here's a quote from the book, and maybe you can comment on this with regard to porn. Porn sites receive more regular traffic, you say, than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined in a month. 35% of all Internet downloads are porn-related. Mike, what can we do about something like this? I mean, this is, this is just beyond what you can even imagine. 
Yeah, and, and the, the stats are even more intense when you realize the effect that porn has on people and, and how addictive it is. I, I've, I've read studies of people that are addicted to porn, and when you, when you look at their brains, their brains look just like someone addicted to cocaine. In other words, it's mm. this physical addiction. There are young men in their 20s that if they're with a woman, they need Viagra to perform be, because they have been so desensitized by porn. And it's so ubiquitous, it, we don't talk about it a lot in the church, but I almost guarantee at least half the people sitting there in the pews, along with many of the leaders, struggle with this on an ongoing basis. So when, when I recognize, okay, this is not just a phenomenon, an evil, ugly thing that destroys men and destroys women, but this is also Satan trying to destroy. Suddenly, when there's that beautiful face that pops up, that attractive woman, and the face pops up on your screen, you know, you're, you're at some sports website, there's some, some racy picture, you know, just all the stuff trying to draw you in. You have to realize there, there are demonic fangs behind that. You have, you have to realize that this is not some victimless thing, that this is, this is part of Satan trying to destroy human lives. When you see the evil of it, and when you connect that, for me, knowing that that same devil that's trying to seduce me there is the one that is inspiring women with a militant baby-killing spirit. That gets my that that makes me want to step away from something even more. Mm. And and the last two chapters of the book, one is how to defeat Jezebel in your personal life, and the other how to defeat Jezebel on a national level. And and we deal specifically with with porn, the need for us to come clean, the need to get help. I have uh, uh, quite a few links free resources, resources people can pay for to go through classes, accountability, because this is the kind of thing that unless we recognize it's out there, unless we start to put it on the table and, and people come forward and say they're struggling, we'll just go on with secret defeat and this will get worse and worse. Yeah. They, yeah. I've heard the people say, oh, you know, sex is just physical, but that's obviously false. If sex is just physical, why is it if somebody rapes you, it's worse than if somebody just somebody just physically assaults you? And if, if sex is just physical, why do you care so much when your mate just has a physical relationship with somebody else? Because it's not just physical. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's psychological. It's moral. There's so much more to it. And Mike, when you see so many people addicted to sexual pictures that they can't can't have real relationships with people. We know that this is such a problem and it's getting to the point now where we're going, how do we deal with this? In fact, you even have in the book, and again, the book is called Jezebel's War with America. I couldn't believe this when I read this. You said that uh, in uh, the end of 2017, Amazon.com had 127 million people or no, it was Walmart. 127 million people visited the Walmart site each month. And you said that a leading pornography site draws 125 million visitors per day. I mean, Mike, this is beyond what I even thought was possible, but this is what's going on. And the question is, how do we speak against it? That's why this book, friends, Jezebel's War with America, it will not only inform you, it will help you speak against it. Now, Mike, I jumped the gun on this interview because I got so in enthralled with what you had written here. I, I f failed to ask you who Jezebel was because many people listening maybe have heard the name, but they really don't know the biblical character. Can you kind of give us an overview? of who she was? 
Yeah, absolutely. And let me just throw out one thing about the stats and info in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I am used to writing under a burden. I've, I've written as much as, as 300 pages in three weeks time. And, and I normally write uh, five days a week, an op-ed piece. But when I got gripped to write this, it's like I went into another gear. Mm -hmm. And the core of the book, uh, about 70% of the core of the book was written in an intensive six-day period. And and I I found a massive amount of, of sources and quotes and information. Well, when we went then to, to edit the book with the publisher, not only did we have an editor, but we had another person, at, at least one, maybe two, their only job was to fact check. So mm. they went through every, and they'd say, you know, this may be a better source here, or we want to fine tune this. I mean, everything was through a fine tooth comb. So, so people can recognize this is not just, oh, I heard somebody say something somewhere. You know, this is documented right. carefully. So Jezebel in the Bible, she is a pagan princess, a Phoenician princess. She marries King Ahab. So Ahab is the king in Samaria, northern Israel. This is after uh, the kingdom split after, after the days of David and Solomon. And the northern Israelite kings were, were idol worshipers. But this woman, Jezebel, it says that she incited her husband Ahab to do even more evil. So he went from bad to worse. She hated the true prophets. There were 850 prophets she supported, 450 prophets of Baal and, and 400 prophets of Asherah. And she went around decimating the true prophets. She killed everyone she could. The others were gathered together in caves of 50 at a time and hidden in caves by one righteous man. So think they were too intimidated to come out and speak against her. We also know that in 2 Kings 9, she's associated with sexual immorality and with sorcery. King James says witchcraft, same, same word in Hebrew. So she was an extraordinarily powerful and wicked woman. And we also see that she emasculates her husband, that when something has to get done and his conscience is too sensitive, that she goes out and does the evil. And this is just what we see about her in scripture. And then Jesus references in Revelation 2, Jesus references a woman that he calls Jezebel. So she's a false prophetess. Was her actual name Jezebel? It's possible, but it's more likely that that was the name that he gave her because of who she was. And she too is associated with sexual immorality and idolatry. So again, it seems the same demonic powers associated with Queen Jezebel 3,000 years ago or associated with this woman Jesus calls Jezebel 2,000 years ago, the same type of characteristics. And the satanic plot, when we, we talk about Satan, people get real concerned, like, wow, you guys are kind of, uh, you're out there, you know. I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that if you don't think Satan is real, you haven't been looking around enough, because I don't think people alone can do the kind of evil that's being done around the world. In fact, one of the, one of the points you mentioned in your uh, book, Mike, and again, the book is called Jezebel's War with America. You point out how many people are being drawn into the sexual slave trade. In fact, one stat you have in the book says there's 109 children in America who are basically kidnapped into sexual slavery. Uh, I mean, this is what's going on in America today, friends. The question is, what can we do about it? And 
Mike, this satanic force that's going on, I, I know Satan and demons are behind it. My problem is, is how do you express this to the general public in such a way that we're not demonizing people? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's quite the contrary. It, in other words, we say, look, we know people are capable of evil. And, right. and, and yeah, according to some estimates, 109 children per day being sold into into sex slavery or kidnapped. A lot of kids are runaways. You know, 14-year-old girl runs away from home. Somebody befriends her. Next thing, she's sold into into sexual slavery. What what we say is, look, we know human beings are capable of all kinds of evil. As Christians, we believe in the sinful nature of human beings and, and that we're capable of monstrous evil. But then you have to ask yourself, is there something more going on? In other words, the, the people who commit these absolutely horrific, uh, uh, brutal, sadistic crimes, you know, the serial killers who mm. mutilate and the, you know, the Hitlers of the world and then a whole nation, you know, becoming inflamed with hatred and, and Holocaust and things like that. Is that just human beings doing evil things? The, the, the man who makes his living by kidnapping three-year-old children and selling them into sex trafficking, things that are beyond unthinkable. Is it just human beings being evil, or is there a devil who hates us and is, is pushing us, just like Jezebel incited Ahab to do evil? Look, in the book of Job, I have a commentary coming out on, on Job in end of October, early November, and, and God says to Job, and it's a, it's a verse that has to be unpacked, but he's, God, God says to Satan, you're inciting me to destroy Job without a cause. So, so God himself says that Satan tries to incite people to do wrong. It's, it's quite remarkable. So again, I, I gave a lecture years ago at Yale University and then one at Columbia University on the diabolical nature of anti-Semitism. Mm. And I, I went through the history of anti-Semitism the phenomenon of it, you know, the world's longest hatred, the world's most widespread hatred. I went through all the stats. Then I went through all of the rational explanations. It's economic, it's sociological, it's religious. I went through all the explanations. And then I said, none of them work. The only thing that works is that there's a devil. This is at Yale and at Columbia. There's a mm. devil who wants to destroy the wow. Jewish people because of their role in redemption. Then I preached Jesus from there. Jesus the Jew, then I fielded questions for up to two hours, and no, nobody had a better explanation. One guy came <laughs> up to me afterwards, and, and, he, and he said to me, he said, I've never seen the opposition so lovingly dismantled. Uh -huh. And I mean, you have that amazing gift of just revealing the folly of people's positions on campuses. I, I love watching your video clips doing that. But bottom line, there's a devil out there, and it's rational to recognize it. Oh, it's irrational to deny it, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking to my friend, Dr. Michael Brown, his new book, Jezebel's War with America. You need to get it's a wake up call. Yeah, you know, things are bad, but they're actually worse than you think. But there's more hope than you think as well. So get the book, Jezebel's War with America. We're going to have a lot more with Dr. Brown right after the break. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with Frank Turek back in two. Saturday, September 7th, I'm going to be at a home game. That's Lee Park Church in Monroe, North Carolina. We're doing an apologetics conference at Lee Park Church. Saturday, September 7th, so if you're anywhere near Charlotte, this Monroe's, you know, 20 minutes south of Charlotte or so, 25 minutes south of Charlotte. Um, 
check out uh, our website, crossexamined.org. That's crossexamined with a D on the end of it, .org. And look for Frank Turek Calendar, Lee Park Church Apologetics Conference. I will be there Saturday. My friend, Dr. Michael Brown gets around quite a bit as well. Mike, give our listeners where they can go to learn, excuse me, learn more about you and where you're speaking and where they can hear your radio program. Yeah, if they go to askdrbrown.org, askdrbrown.org, all of our videos are posted there. All of our articles are posted there. The Daily Radio Show is posted there. We do a live stream of the show every day on Facebook and YouTube, so we do a, a video version of the show as well. Uh, and then from there, if they want to connect with us on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, we're, we're super active on social media. And wherever they want to connect to us there, they can do so. And every day when the show is about to go on, they'll, they'll see flashing light right there. We're live and they can just click and listen. You know, Mike, you've been a warrior on the issues that many pastors and Christians don't want to deal with. You've written several books responding to LGBT activism. Uh, you've been on the forefront there. And um, I notice in the book, and again, friends, the book is called Jezebel's War with America. You write this. During an interview with conservative journalist Ben Shapiro, Pastor John MacArthur made this simple but penetrating statement, quote, if you try to develop a kind of Christianity that's inoffensive, it's not Christianity. And then you write, well said, the message of salvation through Jesus, the message of the cross, the message of the gospel brings offense. And then you went on to say you tweeted this out and a lot of people uh, said, this is what needs to happen. The problem is pastors and Christians in general don't want to speak to these issues. They want to sweep them under the rug. They want to put their head in the sand. They don't want to take any abuse from anybody. They don't want to have the Jezebel spirit come after them. What kind of advice can you give people who want to start standing up for the truth and speak the truth? I, I would say first that not only do we have the responsibility as shepherds of the sheep to do so, but the sheep want us to because their kids are getting bombarded with all types of radical curricula in schools. And they're getting bombarded through the media and social media. And, and their views are changing. They're getting brainwashed by the, by the world rather than trained in, in the word of God. And what's, what's interesting is when I, when I tweet these things out, when I'll make a statement uh, about the compromised state of preaching and things, overwhelmingly people will retweet or like that or, or give a thumbs up to a video. Uh, I, I read a Barna survey and, and then I was told by Barna's people they got the same results a couple years later where they asked pastors, they, they asked them, do you believe the Bible addresses all the moral and cultural issues of the day? And virtually all of them said yes. They said, Barna then said, do you use the Bible to address the controversial moral and cultural issues of the day? 90% said no. When they were asked why, the reasons were fear of losing people, fear of losing influence, mm. fear of losing finances. Uh, and, and now what makes it all the more tragic is when Barner served, uh, surveyed congregants, the congregants said, we want our pastors. Like 90% of the congregants said, we right. want our pastors to address these things. So I encourage believers, look, your pastors are under pressure. They're, they've got a lot of things going. They've, they've got a lot of issues to deal with, individual pastor, pastoral staff. But, but they will respond to encouragement. If you say, look, we need you 
Pastor, we need you to talk about sexual issues in, in the right setting, in the right, we, we need you to, to address LGBT activism because we don't know how to answer our children. And, and mm. look, just like you see kids being picked off through atheism, through the objections of evolution, and you're sitting there thinking, we have all the answers. These kids don't need to be picked off. It's the same thing on these moral and cultural issues. They're getting pulled in by the, word, the world. They're not knowing how to respond. And that's, that's one thing I've recognized in my own life with this, with this Jezebelic intimidation, that when you have a prophetic message, meaning a message of repentance, meaning a wake-up call, meaning a message that goes against the grain, meaning that, that you are trying to bring God's word to, to a sinning culture and to a compromised church, that no sooner do you go to bring that, that you feel the spiritual intimidation. And what mm. I'm encouraging pastors and leaders to recognize is, is, look, it's demonic. It's not just a social thing and, and I'm afraid about losing people. And if I talk about this, am I going to get blasted on Facebook? No, it's not just that. They're spiritual forces seeking to silence us. And that's one of the rallying calls in, in the book. In fact, if I can jump ahead to something. Sure. When, when Jezebel meets her demise in the Bible, and again, we're not talking about a person today. We're talking about spiritual forces. We're not going around pointing fingers at women or men saying, you're Jezebel. We're, talk we're talking about Satan working in different ways. Well, when, when she has a confrontation with Jehu, and he's the one ultimately who brings her down and the one that folks have found a parallel with a, a Donald Trump type of personality for better or for worse. What's interesting is that she's up in a window. She paints her face. She's still trying to be a seductress, even though she's an older woman here. And Jehu says, who's on my side? And it says two or three eunuchs. Interesting. The Bible is not the exact number. Two or three eunuchs throw her out of the window mm -hmm. and she hits mm -hmm. the ground and dies. Eunuchs are castrated men. And Frank, I believe we have a nation full of spiritually and morally castrated men, of, of spiritual and moral eunuchs, that, that, that men don't know how to lead well, that they don't know how to be godly heads of home. And, and the moment they do, the many men who are godly, the many pastors who are solid leaders, the moment you do this, it's called toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you, you can't, women can't be women and men can't be men. And we need these men who've been castrated, these, these men who have been spiritually, emotionally cut down. And, and the whole media culture that went from when I was a kid, father knows best, to say the Homer Simpsons of the world, where the dad is a jerk and an idiot and, and, and incapable of, of leading and making decisions and so on, and everybody has to get it right because he's such a fool. This is just in the culture. It's the spirit of the age. And, and we need these men who've been emasculated to stand up, not in some machismo way where they're getting into bar fights. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> but I'm talking about being godly men, godly leaders, priests of their home. If you're bound by pornography, it's going to be very hard to do that. If you're cowering in a corner because of the demonic forces of Jezebel, it's going to be hard to do that. But in Jesus, we are more than conquerors. We put on the armor of God, which means that, that we use, metaphorically speaking, the same weapons that he uses. There's no reason for us to be defeated and cowering and beaten down. 
Yeah, Jesus used the word of God when he was tempted by Satan. He used it over and over again. So did the apostles. They always quoted the word of God. In fact, the phrase with most theological significance in the New Testament repeated the most is it is written. It is written. It is written. And friends, if you've been listening to this broadcast and you're listening to Frank Turk with my guest, Dr. Michael Brown, and his book is Jezebel's War with America. If you've been listening to this broadcast or this podcast and you've cringed several times, you know why you've cringed several times? Because you've been probably more influenced by the world than you have by the word. In other words, you're going, oh, you're not supposed to say that. Oh, that's politically incorrect. Oh, you can't talk about that. Oh, why? What what if what if what Dr. Michael Brown is saying on this podcast or this radio program and in his book is actually true? It is. What if he, what if that's true? And you're cringing. You, go, you can't say that. You can't do that. That you've been emasculated by the culture. The world has influenced you more than the word. You're less influenced by God than you are by the culture. And look, I probably am too. I mean, we all are. That's the problem. We have to, we have to continually renew our minds. As Paul says in Romans chapter 12, we've got to renew our minds by God's word, by the truth in order to be proper and effective ambassadors for him. Now, Mike, you also write in the book, Jezebel's war with America, this as a non-believer, when you heard evangelist Billy Graham preach, you expected him, you, you expected him to call you to repentance. When you saw him as a guest on a TV show, you expected him to talk about the 10 commandments or sexual purity or hell or, or the like, but always with incredible grace, kindness, and respect. Today, you expect the preacher on TV to sound more like a life coach, more like a motivational speaker, more like a slick salesman. And, he, and you go on to say, if you have five minutes, go to YouTube and watch some old Billy Graham, uh, Billy Graham interactions, and you will see that that's exactly true, Mike. We've lost the ability to speak the truth in a loving way. We try and water down the truth in order to, quote unquote, be loving. But when you water down the truth, you're not loving, you're unloving. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I, was, I was jarred by this. I remember when Nancy and I were first married. So we've been married 43 years now. It's a long time ago. We saw that Billy Graham was going to be on Johnny Carson, The Tonight Show. We thought, oh, let's, let's watch to see what happens. And, and they're talking, and Johnny Carson says, you know, Reverend Graham, I'm ashamed to say I, I, I can't even quote, you know, by memory, the, all the Ten Commandments. And Billy Graham smiles and looks at him and says, but you've broken them all. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's what you expect. You, you can you can watch this amazing with a smile. Segment. He said that. Yeah. Yeah. With a smile. Amazing <laughs> stuff with, with with Phil Donahue. We explain oh, yeah. the nature of sin or with Woody Allen. When yeah. Woody Allen's trying to say, hey, look, you know, before you buy a car, you want to take it out on a test run. Don't you want to like sleep with someone before you marry him? And, uh -huh. and Billy Graham just would never back down. The full of love and, and grace would speak the truth. And now, I mean, we've seen, you know, a preacher on Oprah having a bunch, the whole audience make positive confessions about who they are. It's like most of you are not even believers. How, how, how can you be doing this? You know, and 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 things have shifted so dramatically. And to me, look, I'm not blaming everything on, quote, Jezebel. People no. are making choices. We, we, we've we've been preaching a compromised message, a watered down message for many, many years in America I and many others have been sounding the alarm about it for years. But what happens is 
things get so watered down, so compromised, the church ceases to be the church in society. If we are not a moral force standing against the, the decline of the society, if we are not shining like light, if we are not functioning like salt, if we ourselves are addicted to the sins of the flesh in the world, if we ourselves cower because of demonic opposition and because of the consequences of speaking out, how can we expect the world to go in the right direction? Mm -hmm. The world is plummeting. We are, as much as the church is, is hated by some parts of America, and as much as there has been compromise in the evangelical church in different ways, the fact is the church is the lifeline of the country. And, and we, must, we must lead the way in repentance. It's got to start with us in the house of God, getting our own act together. But God desires to bless. God's not looking for an opportunity to destroy. He's looking for an opportunity to bless. If we'll humble ourselves, he'll respond. My guest is Dr. Michael Brown. He's got passion. He's got intellect. And he's got the Holy Spirit, as you can see. He's fired up, and you should be too, because people are getting hurt. People are dying. People are leaving this life without Jesus, and we need to get the word to them. Uh, so we're going to come back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with Frank Turek. Our website, crossexamined.org. We're back in two. If you find value in the content of this podcast, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can find more. Just type cross-examine or Frank Turek on the search bar. Also, visit our website where we add new videos, articles, and free resources daily. If you want to know how you can winsomely show that Christianity is true and answer the toughest objections. You want to be part of the Why I Still Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist online course. It starts September 9th. I will be your instructor. If you want to be a part of the online version where I'm live with you via Zoom video, you need to sign up for the premium version of Why I Still Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. You can take the basic course anytime you want. It's self-paced, but the premium version, we're going to be together several times on Zoom video from September through November uh, and going through the material and I'm going to answer your questions and we'll learn from one another as well. So go to crossexamine.org, click on online courses and take why I still don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Again, it starts this September, September 9th, I think at that week it starts and we'll have Zoom meetings together. We'll interact a lot together, but you need to sign up soon because we have limited space online. We don't want to have too many people in the class. Otherwise you can't ask questions, right? It's got to be a more intimate group. So sign up quickly, go to crossexamine.org, click on online Online courses for why I still don't have enough faith to be an atheist. There are several other courses up there as well that you can take at your leisure via the basic, uh, the, the, the basic version of those courses. They're self-paced. Back to my friend, Dr. Michael Brown, his website, AskDrBrown.org, his new book, Jezebel's War with America. There's so much in here you need to know. But Mike, before we, we, we go a little further into the book, uh, where can people get this book? I know they can get it on Amazon, but, but tell us a little bit more about where they can get the book. Yeah, what, what happened was the book is hot off the press, and the first week, the entire first printing sold out. This is just a few days ago. So if you go to Amazon or other online dealers, it'll say ships in one to two months. Ignore that. They have their stock. A second printing was rushed out, which uh, every, it, we knew there was interest in the book. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, I, I've written now over 35 books. We had more pre-orders for this book than anything I wrote. So I realized we, 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 we struck a nerve here. We hit a chord. Something, something's going on. Or we hit a nerve or struck a chord, whatever it is. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it should, it should be in all local bookstores. All right. If, if it's not there uh, any day, if you order online, again, if Amazon says ships in one to two months, ignore that. Uh, and, and go to Amazon, read the reviews because they're pouring in mm-hmm. and people have been really impacted. In fact, many readers said, I don't do this, but I read the book the same day that I got it. So it seemed to be stirring hearts and, and opening eyes. And look, to me, when you go back to the Supreme Court hearings, all right, mm-hmm. for Justice Kavanaugh yep. and the women pounding on the doors of the Supreme Court, screaming hysterically for, quote, their right to abortion. And, and then the governor of Virginia. And, and he is defending infanticide as a doctor in some cases. And then when you go back in the book, I go back to the ancient world where they would sacrifice babies to idols. And I give some vivid, jarring, heartbreaking descriptions. And then go from there to partial birth abortion and to, to late term abortion, these various things and say, look at these parallels. And then the rise of radical feminism. This man-hating feminism. I, I go back to the 60s where, where one of the lead organizations had the acronym W-I-T-C-H, which, with the last word being hell. I mean, these were women from hell. And you have the rise of witches, the rise of radical feminism, the militant baby-killing spirit. We're not talking about a 12-year-old girl who, who uh, aborted uh, her baby after being raped by her uncle and didn't know what to do. We're talking about people shouting their abortions, and, and it's just a tumor, get rid of it, cracking jokes about it. This is satanic to me. And, and what's so interesting is in the Bible, you have this man, Jehu, King Jehu. He's, he's not a, 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 from a line of royalty, so he's not an insider politician. He's a general. And it's, he's described as driving recklessly. And the Hebrews variously translate it like a maniac, like a madman, recklessly. Mm-hmm. A Christian author and a Jewish journalist both said, you know, Donald Trump is a Jehu kind of guy. He's zealous for God's cause, but, but there's a lot of collateral damage. He's like a bull in a china shop. It's, it's kind of like you need your front door replaced and someone comes to replace it with a bulldozer. That's, that's who Donald Trump is. I think his critics see that and, and his supporters see that. He's this alpha male guy who'll take on anything. He's even befriended by, in the Bible by Jonadab, son of Rechab, who's this godly guy. Like, he's like the Mike Pence in the picture. I'm not saying the Bible is prophesying him. I'm, I'm saying it's the same kind of guy. And this is the one who comes into face-to-face conflict with Jezebel. So I know many women don't like Trump. They don't like his verbiage. They hate his misogynist past and his womanizing and all of this. I understand that. But then there's another level of hatred for Trump that comes out in the women's marches. The let's blow up the White House. Let's decapitate the president. Witches gathering together to pronounce hexes on the president while other witches are pronouncing hexes on the male patriarchy in general. I'm looking at this and thinking, whoa, you got Jehu and Jezebel all over again. And it's this kind of leader, for better or for worse, that brings Jezebel out of the closet right up to the surface. And that's why I believe it's getting so blatantly clear now that things that were more hidden and subtle are actually shouting at us today. 
You know, I was on a, a Fox News uh, digital show with Lauren Green, the religion correspondent, and we were talking about Trump and, you know, evangelicals and Trump and all this. And I said, look, I give Trump an A minus on policy, but a D on demeanor. Look, Trump says some of the dumbest, rudest um, childish things. And as you said, Mike, he's got a sordid past. We all know about that. Um, he's he's an egomaniac half the time. I mean, what did he say the other day that, you know, he's the chosen one? I mean, you're going, come on. But then on again, on the other hand, I mean, it is incredible the amount of I understand why people don't like him, but the kind of hate that comes out of the left against him. And again, I understand why people don't like Trump. I get that. OK, but but the, the level of it seems to be beyond just yeah. human. There's something else going on here. And, and uh, w- go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Uh, take it from here. <laughs> if, if, if he was. look, And I reduce things. I, I love your A minus and D thing. The way I've reduced it is this. What he does is often praiseworthy. What he says is often cringeworthy. Yeah. Because yeah. he's, he's done a whole lot. But let's face the facts. If Trump was a radical leftist, okay, if, if he was to the left of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, the CNNs of the world, the MSNBCs of the world, the, the Hollywood elite of the world, they would not be hating on him. They would, they would not be attacking him. In fact, he was the same kind of guy years ago when they loved him, when mm. they were on his, you know, ap- apprentice show or whatever. You know, he when he was doing his beauty pageants, he was a favorite of the left because he was one of them. They had no problem with his womanizing. They had no problem with his vulgar stuff. They had no problem with his egomania. Now, that's Trump. But now that he's become conservative in many of the political stands that he takes and is standing for religious liberty, he's become a target. And, and look, again, whether, whether your listeners voted for, for President Trump or not, what I'm saying about the spiritual realities is the key thing, that someone likes him, someone like him will come into direct conflict with Jezebel. And that's why it's like off the charts now that he's been president. Well, you know, it used to be, Mike, that the, the, the Clintons of the world, you know, 20 years ago, would say we want abortion to be safe, legal and rare. Now you got people like Cuomo and the governor Northam, whatever his name is up there in Virginia, you know, the governor of New York and the governor of Virginia. They're celebrating infanticide. They're lighting up the uh, Freedom Tower with and in pink, as you put in the book, Jezebel's War with America. It's a big celebration for abortion now. No more of this, you know, safe, legal and rare. You know, it's it's it's, it's something we don't want to do, but sometimes it's necessary kind of thing. It's no, we're going to sell. We're going to clap. Hey, great. People have an abortion. You had an abortion. I had an abortion. What? How do we explain that, Dr. Brown? Yeah. And and when you look at, say, the unplanned movie and, and you just get a little glimpse of the reality of what we're dealing with, when you just show ultrasound pictures, look, you have you have campus ministries and they just set up their pictures. Just this, this is reality. This is what really happened. You have people violently attacking them. I mean, you get grandmothers at a pro-life thing getting physically attacked by people. It, it is it is an insane anger. And it's one thing to say, hey, look, women struggle. And we don't think that you men really understand what women go through. And just back off. Let women do that. Even that is different than the militant anger and you know cracking jokes about it It, yeah some comedian oh yeah you don't knock it uh, until you try it but you gotta knock it real hard to get that baby out it's like uh that's a baby that's Mm. a human being Mm. but but 
it's it's just it's it's a baby killing spirit. It's something beyond. Look, it's it's the instinct of every mother, the natural instinct of a mother to care for a baby. I don't I don't mean that every mother is a good mother or every father's a good father, but that's the way God wired the human race, just like he he wired the animal kingdom like that. To have the exact opposite mentality is so bizarre, so striking that there's something literally unnatural about it. And here's where I see demonic forces pushing. And look, if you're involved in the pro-life movement, you will know that some of the main protesters you'll get are those who identify as LGBT, atheists, and Satanists. You think, what joins those people together? Think about that. It's been like that for decades. Mike, we got about a minute to go. Give people some advice. Uh, they got to get your book, Jezebel's War with America, but give them a couple of things they can do right now besides pray about this. What can they do? All right, so first you recognize that we're dealing with demonic forces. It's not just natural stuff. Second, you go to God to get filled with faith because often we're intimidated by fear. Build yourself up on verses that speak of God being with you and, and you being mm -hmm. in him to overcome fear. Then clean house. If there's junk, if there's porn addiction, if there's other things, clean house, get honest, talk with someone, get help, but don't just hide this thing. And then learn about the armor of God. Learn about what it means. I mean, Paul tells us to do it in Ephesians 6, 10 through 19, to put on the armor of God, what that means. Of course, we open that up in depth in the book. And then as we become overcomers in God, with that is a joy and a confidence. And we need to have that so that we're not beaten down. And then on the national level, everything is going to flow out of prayer. And, and with that, all those that realize they've been beaten down, they lost their authority, they lost their faith, they, they lost that leadership edge. It's time to recover that, to get built back up in God. Again, we, we expand on all these in Jezebel's War with America, but there it is, quickly. Great, great, great show, great, great book. The, the book is called Jezebel's War with America with Dr. Michael Brown. You need to get it. Mike, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, my joy to be with you. Thanks, Frank. And and thanks so much more for doing what you're doing. He's out there all the time. Check him out at AskDrBrown.org. That's AskDrBrown.org. I'm Frank Turk. Friends, see you next week. God bless. We hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. If you think our podcast needs to reach more people, here's what you can do to help. Go to iTunes and type cross-examined official podcast, four words in the search bar, and leave us a five-star rating. It'll take you less than five seconds. And if you have a few more seconds to spare, leave us a positive review. The best reviews will be featured on future episodes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. God bless.